What's up, guys? I'm Jared Lopes, and you're listening to the Dad Tired Podcast, where I'm helping everyday families learn how to follow Jesus in everyday life. How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast, and it's good to be with you. If you stumbled upon this podcast for the first time, welcome. We're glad to have you. Uh, Glad that you found us. Dad Tired is a nonprofit ministry. We're committed to helping guys fall in love with Jesus. Uh, We're never going to tell you what to do. We're not about behavior modification. We believe that uh, Jesus was never trying to manage your behavior, but he was trying to change your heart. He was always trying to get after the heart of the matter. And so we, we just believe that if we can point you to Jesus, that your heart will be changed. And if your heart is changed, then your behavior starts to change as a result of that. But um, we're just about pointing guys towards Jesus. We'd love to have you get involved with what we're doing. You can do that by going to dadtired.com and click the community tab. That will help you find some guys in your area who live near you who are also part of the Dad Tired community. It will also link you over to a closed group on Facebook where we have a bunch of guys from around the world who are taking their faith and their family and their marriage very seriously. Um, there's also, that's a great place to like share a prayer request or uh, just ask for advice give advice, all that kind of good stuff. So uh, head over to dadtire.com and you can get connected with those guys. Um, If you haven't read the book, um, You and Me Forever by Francis Chan and his wife, you definitely need to read it. Uh, Francis and Lisa Chan wrote a book called You and Me Forever, Marriage and Light of Eternity. And it's super, super good. And it, it talks about the bigger picture of marriage. Why did God create marriage? And what's the purpose of marriage? And it, is there something bigger happening than just our story? I talk about that a lot on the podcast. It's a great book. So if you're married, you should get it. And uh I know that there are a lot of guys who don't like to read. There are also a lot of guys who are just feel like they're too busy to read. So uh, Dad Tired does have some connections with Audible, which is the audiobook company through Amazon. Um, if you like to listen to books or maybe on your commute as you're listening to podcasts uh, and you want to listen to an audiobook, you can get the book for free. If you're not an Audible customer, you can get the book for free by going to dadtire.com forward slash audible. Um, and that will send you a link where you can get a free book, an audiobook, And that is definitely one that I recommend. Francis Chan's uh, book, You and Me Forever, Marriage and Light of Eternity. So if you don't have Audible and you want a free book, uh, dadtire.com forward slash audible. Just click that link and that will get you a free audio book. Um, yeah. Uh, so a, a couple of years ago, I've shared a lot about this on the podcast. If you've been listening for a while, you know that I've... Uh, I, my life, probably like your life and like the life of many um, people that we see in the scriptures, uh, is all over the place. Uh, sometimes I'm just really passionate about Jesus and I'm committed to the gospel and I'm understanding the gospel and Jesus's love for me and I'm like operating in that. And sometimes it's awesome and other times I suck at it and I forget and uh, I make mistakes and I try to share my mistakes with you as humbling as that can be sometimes and embarrassing as that can be sometimes. Uh, I share them because I know that the grace of God covers them. So the more that I mess up, the more junk that I have, the more amazing God's grace is. And so that's what we should do as Christians is confess our sin and our junk because we're no longer identified by it. Jesus doesn't see us as a bunch of sinners. He sees us as a bunch of saints by the grace of God. We are adopted sons and daughters. And so we can just talk about our junk freely. Like I can tell you about all my crap 
um, because it's not about my crap or your crap. It's about the grace of Jesus and that his grace is amazing. And the more broken I realize I am, the more amazing his grace starts to become. So, um, but a couple years ago, I was uh, going through just a lot of crap and uh, just feeling like I was in a really dark place. If you, if you go back early in the podcast, you can probably hear some of that journey if you're interested in that. Um, not that you would or should be, but uh, just going through a lot of stuff and feeling like I was wrestling with a lot of identity stuff and who am I um, in light of like how has God made me and what is my purpose and all that kind of stuff. Um, and as a result of being in kind of a low spot and in a place where, I, I mean, I think the word depressed maybe gets tossed around too much. I know that there's like actual clinical diagnosis. I, nobody clinically diagnosed me as being depressed, but I certainly felt depressed. Um, I don't know if I was clinically depressed, but I was depressed. I was like down. I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to lay in bed all day and uh, kind of sulk in my depression, you know? And so uh, I was just feeling really down. And as a result of that, I isolated myself from people. I didn't want to be around anybody. Um, I knew that I was far from God. I knew that the decisions I was making uh, were not good decisions. And I just didn't want to be around anybody. And I especially didn't want to be around Christians. Um, I I just didn't want to be around people or community or friends. And so I spent about a year really, really isolated. I isolated myself and I isolated my family from other people. We didn't, we weren't really going to church. Uh, we didn't really have friends around and, uh, I, I was just in a really dark spot. And, um, so coming out of that year, as God started to draw my heart back to himself and by his grace, uh, remind me of who I am and more importantly, who he is, uh, as I started to come out of that dark spot in life, um, I, I had a goal. It was at the end of the year, I had the goal and I told my wife, like, we just need to be around people more. We were way too isolated this year and we really need to be around people again. And, uh, and Layla and I both feel like God has wired us to, um, to point people to him in our house, like to actually host people in our house. And, and part of the way that we're designed and we're wired is to host people at our house for the sake of pointing people back to him. And um, and we kind of have this goal or this mission statement for our us as a couple and as a family that every time somebody comes over to our house, we want them to be closer to Jesus by the time they leave than when we got here. Wherever they're at on their spiritual journey, we want people to feel closer to Jesus when they leave than when they got here. And so for a year, we weren't doing that. We we weren't operating in the way that God designed us. And uh, so we we were feeling the ramifications of that. And then other people, like other people didn't get to join us in our journey and kind of see and, and walk with us in all of our junk. And so they missed out, even in us being authentic and, and transparent in the midst of our junk. We were instead kind of isolating and hiding. And uh, so we were missing out. Other people were missing out. And so I told my wife at the end of the year, next year, this was 2016, I said, in 2016, I want to have 100 people over to our house for dinner um, just so we can be around people again and hear people's stories and hear how God is working in other people's lives. And we can share how God's working in our lives and we can get back involved in community. And so uh, we didn't hit that goal. Uh, we didn't hit 100 people. I think we had like 60 or 70 people over for dinner in 2016. But that doesn't matter to me. Um, 
for some type A personalities, they're bummed that they that you know when you set a goal and you don't hit it. I'm just I shoot high, and then I know if I make it halfway there, <laughs> I'm stoked. And the point wasn't really to have a hundred people. The point was that I would just start to be around people again, and that was accomplished. The heart of the goal was accomplished, and so. Um, we continue to have people over our home consistently, almost weekly. We host people for dinner, different people, just to hear our stories, to share our story, to have conversation, to point people to Jesus, to hear how Jesus is working in other people's hearts, to cry with people and laugh with people and all that good stuff. So that was part of kind of my reaction to being isolated was to get around people uh, again. Uh, many of you don't know this about me unless you're my friend. I, do, I know I have some friends that listen into the podcast, but many of you, we don't know each other personally, but uh, I'm colorblind. Uh, I, I am like as colorblind as colorblind gets. Uh, every year I try to convince myself that I've like trained my brain to not be colorblind. Uh, my pride really kicks in and I tell myself like, uh, this is the year that I'm going to beat colorblindness. And uh, it turns out you can't. You can't beat colorblindness. It's going to be with me for life. Uh, but I'll go online every year. If you've never done this, you should Cl- type in Google, uh, like colorblind test, online colorblind test. It's really, really fascinating. Um, it, it can do both. So if you're not colorblind, you can take the test and it will like prove that you're not colorblind, but then they do a reverse colorblind test. So if you're not colorblind, uh, it will like flip it. So you can't see it, but colorblind can, people can see it. And that'll give you like a dose of the, uh, what colorblind people see, <laughs> uh, a little bit of our reality. If you've never done that, it's super cool. I do it once a year. I just like jump on and see if I'm growing or progressing in, um, in a good way towards not being colorblind. And it's, I'm not, I like fail the test miserably every year. Um, but oftentimes I will wear something or pick out something or say something about the color of an object. And I'm just convinced like, babe, no, that car is purple. And I don't know why they chose the purple. It's hideous or no, babe, like these socks, this one's brown and this one's green. I actually don't wear brown and green socks. That's a bad example. Uh, you know, this one's brown and this one's a dark blue, a navy blue. Those are ones I often get mixed up, you know, like dress socks. Um, I'll wear two different colors because I don't know what color they look the exact same to me. But even though I've been colorblind since the day I was born and since I could I put language to colors, I am still fully convinced <laughs> in my pride uh, that I know what color I'm talking about. And that, like this is the color and I still argue it, even though uh, clearly I'm always wrong on that. Uh, but I'm convinced and I've convinced myself and tried to convince other people that even though I can't see it and they can see it, that I actually know what I'm talking about. I have a friend. He's actually a, a board member on the in our Dad Tired organization. His name's Steve. Uh, he's wise. I meet with him every Monday morning with a couple other guys and for breakfast, and we talk about Jesus and the gospel. And, and uh, we're not trying to manage each other's behavior. We're trying to ch- point each other towards Jesus and remind each other of the gospel, uh, and that helps shape our identity. But we meet every Monday morning, and Steve has this analogy that I really love. He says that you should never go um, buy a used car by yourself. Uh, because when you do, buying a car is kind of an emotional experience. What happens is we get on the lot 
and we start to look at cars and we start to say things or think things or feel things about the car that may not necessarily be true, but our reality projects onto with our emotions, projects onto the experience, things that may not actually be true or good for us. So we start to think, ah, maybe I can spend a little bit more because who doesn't need five DVD players in their car? Um, or, who, you know, these bet rims look a little bit better. Or maybe I'll look a little bit cooler if I drive this, even though I'm a dad and it's a minivan and it's still lame. Uh, maybe somehow I can convince myself uh, that I, I can look a little cooler. Um, the, the reality is we start to project things onto our experience that, that are emotionally driven there. Uh, we just can't see past our own reality and, and past the things that we're feeling and we're convinced of. And so he always says, well, if you're going to go buy a car, buy a used car, take somebody with you because they're objective. It's not their money. Uh, it's not the car they're going to be driving every day. They're not the ones in the car. They don't need the DVD players. And they can just say things like, dude, why the heck do you need a DVD player in your trunk? <laughs> like, uh, Unnecessary. No need for that, man. Or like, no, you shouldn't bump your payment up $300 just because those rims look cool or because it's a year newer or whatever um and they can or or they can just remind you like hey bro like this is a cool minivan but you're still not going to look cool so just get the cheaper one you know they're, they're looking at the experience objectively and steve says he uses that analogy for life like we have blind spots in the same way that i'm colorblind and i convince myself even though i am 100 convinced that the color in front of me is blue it's not actually blue it's black or it's not actually blue it's purple or it's not actually red it's brown and uh, even though we can go to a car lot and be convinced that this is true, like I really need this or I really want this or this will make me cooler, somebody who's objective, who can look at your life objectively can say, dude, you're, you're actually wrong. And even though you're convinced about it, um, you, you're not right. <laughs> And, and the reason I tell you the story about us being in isolation and being in community and the colorblind story and the take somebody with you is because the same is true about our lives, that we have blind spots. You and I have areas of our life that we literally uh, cannot see past. Um, we can't be objective enough. Even the most self-aware person, I like to consider myself self-aware. I try to be very introspective all the time and figure out, all right, man, what, what are my weaknesses? Why am I making certain decisions? Even a very self-aware person cannot remove themselves completely uh, and enough from their situation that they can look 100% objectively uh, at their life and at their own marriage and at their fatherhood and at their walk with Jesus. Uh, and you and I shouldn't buy cars by ourselves, as Steve would say, and we shouldn't walk through the Christian life by ourselves. I always say that there are two things that prove what you actually care about. Uh, if you've been listening for a long time, you've been a friend of mine, you know that I say this a lot. There are two things that prove what you actually care about. Um, your calendar and your checkbook or your bank account, those two things prove what you actually value. I can tell you all day long what I value. I can convince you. I can give you a sales pitch about what is most important to me and what is most valuable to me. But if you want to really see what I actually value, go look where I spend my money and go look where I spend my time. The Bible says that your where your treasure is, your heart is also. And I believe the same is true for your calendar, where your calendar is, where your time is spent, your, also your heart is spent. And so 
So where are you putting your money and where are you putting your time? And here's the thing. I can tell you all day long that I really want to be a more wise man. I want to be more faithful to Jesus. I want to um, move past all my sin and junk and move into a life that's filled with joy and peace and reconciliation and love and redemption and forgiveness. Like I can tell you that all day long, but where am I actually spending my time and money? And uh, Steve, who who again, I go to church with, we helped plant a church with him. He's on my board. He asked me, Jared, do you want to meet every Monday morning with a couple guys to talk about, uh, you know, Jesus and uh, to be reminding of each other of the gospel. And to be honest, I'm so independent. I so try to protect my calendar that uh, I didn't want to. And I told Steve this, like, this goes against everything I want to do. I've been around the church for a long time. I've been a part of a lot of accountability groups. Uh, It's just not my thing. I don't like doing them. Uh, And very rarely do I feel like it's a good use of time. Uh, And so I just was like, ah, man, I don't know if I want to, but I committed to doing it. And we've only been doing it a couple weeks. But here's the truth. I need to be reminded of the gospel all the time. And if I'm serious about wanting to be a man that follows after Jesus's heart, I have to find other men, other people who will point me towards him, who will remind me of who Jesus is and who I am. Because despite how wise I think I am and despite how wise you think you are or how self-aware you think you are, you have blind spots. I have blind spots. There are areas of my life that I'm, I'm convinced uh, something is true and it's just not true. Uh, I need guys and gals and community of people around me to say, dude, even though you think you're going to look really cool in that car, you won't. Even though you think you should spend that much extra money on a monthly payment, you shouldn't. Like you don't need the rims. You don't need the DVD players. You don't need the 15 cup holders. And the same would be true for like my marriage. Like Jared, I know you think you're getting it right on this when it comes to marriage, but you're not. Like, dude, you're getting it wrong. (laughs) And uh, I know you think you're right on this, uh, on your parenting stuff or whatever it is, or I know you, you're starting to believe that your, that your value comes from what you do. Like if you can just work harder and be more successful that you have more value, but let me remind you of the gospel that your value does not come from what you do, but who Jesus says you are. And he says that you're an adopted son and that regardless of what you accomplish, his love for you doesn't change because his love is based on what Jesus did on the cross. And that is finished. It's already been taken care of. All the payments have been made. Uh, You're debt free now when it comes to sin with God. And so he just loves you, not based on what you do or how well you behave, but he just loves you because he's gracious and he's been compassionate towards you. We need friends like that who will remind us of the gospel all the time. Now, here's what often happens when I encourage people to like get in community, to find friends, to to get around people who will um, encourage them and remind them of who Jesus is and who they are. Two things often happen. Number one is you oftentimes we kind of go into a very, we're, we're Westerners, we're Americans, uh, if you're listening to this in, in America, uh, we can get very formulaic in the sense that, okay, what book do I need to buy, uh, and what day are we going to meet, and at what time, and uh, and then let's go through the chapters, and what happens is it gets really, really mechanical, and so you ask two or three guys from your church to meet with you, and you're like, hey, I listened to this Dad Tired podcast, he said, said I should meet with some guys, so will you meet with me? 
let's go through this Bible study together. And so you go and you have good hearts and your intentions are good and you go through the book and it becomes so mechanical that you actually lose authenticity. It doesn't feel real. I always say this, you, you can't manufacture authentic relationships. You can't force it. I, I was in a church role for a long time where my job was to to put people in community groups to try to get people connected together so that they can do life together. And here's the one thing I learned. Number a couple of things I learned. Number one, I suck at it. Uh, I'm not very good at doing that because uh, a lot of them like failed. That they stopped the meeting. People were frustrated. Uh, the second thing I learned is you cannot force relationships. If people um, don't. Jive, I don't know how else to say that. If people don't naturally connect, uh, it doesn't matter what kind of formula you put around it. It's just not going to work. They will try and it'll become very mechanical and eventually people will burn out. They'll start making excuses as to why they can't come and then it will fade out. It happens all day, every day in the church world. And what we're trying to do, what that tells me is we're just becoming mechanical. You get the book, you go through the study, you go through all the mechanics of like doing the Bible study. And really at best, you just learned what each other think about the Bible or about religion. And you actually didn't learn anything about each other or the hearts of each other or the, the crap that you really struggle with. So then when crisis hits, you're not calling the dudes that you just went through Bible study with. You're calling the, your actual friends who will be real with you and who will be authentic with you. So the first thing that happens when I encourage people to do this is they get very mechanical uh, and it becomes like just a routine or something to do, another task task to do. The second thing that happens uh, is we we just say, well, I've got a couple friends who know me really well and they're my best friends and I'll just talk to them when I need them, which actually, if I lean towards something, I lean towards that because I want that. I want authenticity. I want a guy that's going to talk to me real and not be all churchy and give me churchy pat answers. I'm going to tell me, I want him to talk to me like authentically and, and how things really are. Um, but what happens there is you actually get so comfortable with each other that you lose intentionality. And so here's my encouragement to you. If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, okay, I need, I, I want to put my money and my time where my mouth is. I want to actually be intentional about having people around me who will point me towards Jesus. Here's my encouragement to you. Number one, be find people who you will be real with, that it won't be mechanical. Who do you know that you feel comfortable with, that you respect, that you feel like, man, I could probably share all my junk with this person and they're not going to judge me. They're going to point me back towards Jesus. They're not just going to give me their opinion, but they're going to point me towards Jesus. That's a huge one. Like who, who can point you towards Jesus and not just give you what's cool advice for that day, right? So who do you trust? Who's real? Who can you be authentic with? This might already be a best friend or somebody that you have in your life that's close to you, but... Okay, so the first one is like find someone that you can be authentic with, real, that it's casual, that you can have a meal with, you can drink a beer with, you can go to a coffee. It doesn't matter where you meet or what study you go through, like you are friends and you're going to be friends and it's going to be real and it's going to be authentic. Those are the kind of people you want to be around. But number two, don't get so casual that you lose intentionality. So even if you just have like one or two questions that you go through, like, hey, dude, every time we get together, we're going to ask, I'm going to ask these two questions. Like, uh, what are you believing about Jesus today? And how is it affecting the way you're living? I don't know what questions you want to ask each other. I don't know if you want to go through a Bible study or a book or whatever. It doesn't matter. But somehow add some intentionality around your authenticity. Um, 
so that you're not just meeting and you're not you it's it's like become so casual and so uh, authentic that you guys are just like you're cussing a lot and you're drinking a lot of beer and then you're like well I actually didn't get any closer to Jesus <laughs> uh but we met every Monday you know uh, the the point is that you will find people who you can be casual and authentic and relational with but also intentional and so find a book or find some kind of study uh the good news is I'm writing one right now that won't manage your behavior but will get after your heart if you're listening to this in the summer uh, of 2017 or later, you can probably buy the book on dadtired.com. If you're listening to it before that, uh, I'm in the process of writing it and it'll be out soon, a book. But the whole point of the book is that you could find other guys to go through and it'll be um, a casual thing, but it will also be super intentional about pointing your heart back to Jesus. That's coming. So just know that a uh, little sales pitch there. That is coming. I am writing that. I'm almost done with it. It's almost going to be out. The point is uh, way bigger than that book. The point is Find people who you can be authentic with. Don't become mechanical with it, but also don't become so relational uh, or not so relational. That's a bad word. Don't become so casual that you lose intentionality. That's what I've got for you today. I love you guys. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, or maybe this is even your first time and it's helpful for you, please consider writing a review, rating, subscribing on iTunes. Uh, again, I say this all the time. It's not so you can give me a pat on the back. It's so that uh, we can continue to stay on iTunes and on the front of iTunes and more and more guys can be reminded of who Jesus is and how that actually changes their life. I love you. Uh, let me pray for you. I haven't prayed for you guys in a while. I used to pray for you a lot on the podcast. Let me pray for you. And listen, Regardless of when you're listening to this, whether it's the day I, the podcast came out or a year from now, uh, I believe in God's like sovereignty and he works out all that mysterious stuff. He's outside of time. And so I believe that prayer is like, <laughs> I could be praying for you a year later or I could be praying for you uh, the same day that I recorded this. It doesn't matter. Uh, unless you're driving, just join me in prayer. Uh, God, thank you for the men and uh, for the women who sneak into the Dad Tire podcast. Lord, thank you that just the fact that they've listened to this podcast tells me that they really do want to have a heart that draws closer to you. Um, Lord, you know that I get a lot of emails all the time from guys that are struggling deeply in their marriage. They're struggling with shame and with guilt. Um, They're struggling because they feel like they're not behaving well or performing well. Um, Maybe they're struggling because they feel like they're not a good provider or a good dad or a good husband. God, would you remind these men today that their value does not come in what they do. Lord, even if they continue to sin and to fall short and to uh, to not meet their own standards, Lord, that would you remind them that they are deeply loved and not just loved and tolerated, but delighted in. God, that would you remind them by your spirit that you delight in them that you know them by name, that you know them personally, you know their heart, their struggle. And God, if they have trusted their life with you, if they've committed to loving you, then Lord, um, then you don't hold them uh, hostage of their sin anymore. God, you have freed them from their sin. Uh, You don't look at them as a sinner. You look at them as a saint, an adopted son that you have called and that you've chosen, that you delight in. So God, I just pray that you'd remind these men of who they are. I pray that you'd, if if some of these guys I know are thinking like, I don't have anyone in my life who can point me towards Jesus. I don't know anyone that comes to mind that I can have this kind of relationship. Lord, I pray that you would supernaturally ordain that uh, friendship and relationship, God, that somebody would come in, maybe a brand new friend that they meet, um, 
as, as they pray about finding someone, God, maybe you'd bring someone brand new into their life that would be the perfect fit for them to get together and to start um, just pushing each other towards Christ. Or maybe it's an old friend and they just uh, they need the courage to to step out in faith and to say, hey, man, will you get together with me every week and point me towards Jesus because I need it. Whatever it is, God, I pray that you'd get someone in their life that can do that. We love you, Lord. We really do want to fall more in love with you. Thank you for loving us. It's it's only because you love us that we even get to talk about this stuff. So we love you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. I love you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you.